You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, good afternoon and welcome to today's edition of Real People OC. I am your host, Kimberly Martin, and each and every week we come together through the magic of the airways here at KUCI, and we share in some of Orange County's most interesting folks, for sure. I have the absolute great privilege of meeting new people because of this show, and I think you'll enjoy meeting our guests. I mean, <clears throat> we have such an interesting lineup that um, that we've had in the past and also coming over the summer. So I'm just I'm just glad that you're here joining us each and every week. And hey, if you miss a show um, and you'd like to hear it again, or you just didn't don't get around to the uh, airwaves that we broadcast to here at KUCI, you can always go to KUCI.org and stream live. Or you can podcast our shows after they have um, aired, and you can, you know, play them all day long if you like. So tune into iTunes at College Radio is the way you search for us, or you can even go to the show's website, um, my show, realpeopleoc.com. I had a loyal listener today tell me that one of my podcast links were broken, so I will be tending to that in the coming um in the coming days to make sure that link is up and active again. So, but um, in the meantime, the best way to get to the show is really through KUCI.org. And uh, if you have some difficulties, just switch your browser. But um, listen, on to today's guest. You know, we um, will be talking to musician and songwriter and musical instructor David uh, Demeter. And we will be talking about the benefits and the methods of teaching music to young people with autism. But gosh, David, you know, he's into all aspects of all aspects related to music so we're actually going to sit back and take a nice relaxing hour uh, to hear about the impact he's making um, with his music um, over there at the drum lab down in Laguna Hills and uh, the music school is doing great things so we wanted to make sure we share that with you Um, funny story I was reading his bio and I just I'm going to share an interesting little known findings about this odd connection from music and medical, but I thought it was interesting that David put in his bio that he grew up in a musical and medical family. And so later in the show, I'm going to share that connection with you too, because it's just something I have observed throughout my life. And I'll share this little little tidbit with you. But um, David has played with some really interesting musicians. He's had a, a, a pretty extensive career. So we uh, we bring a very um, a musical giant here with us today. Um, he's played with uh, Wonder Love, Steve Wonders backup band, um, Lee Dorman, the um, Martin, oh, I'm going to miss this up, uh, Gershowitz, (laughs) Iron Butterfly, and boy, that list goes on. And um, he's also worked with musical producers that uh, were the producers of The Doors, Sublime, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, Fleetwood Mac, Santana, and uh, Michael McDonald. That list went on. Um, But today, we're really going to focus on his work that he's doing over there at the Drum Lab um, through the Ocean View School in Laguna Woods. And and also we're going to talk a little bit about the new musical charity organization, uh, One for 
for All Music Charity, and um, that puts musical instruments in the hands of students. So um, perhaps he's going to give us maybe, I don't know, we might talk him into it, some of the inside scoop of the life of a musician and some of the famous musicians that he's worked <laughs> in and around. So um, please welcome to Real People OC, David Demeter. Hi, David. Hello. Thank you for having me here. I'm glad you're here. Come up just a little closer. You're good. That okay. way I'll get, I'll get the quality of your voice. So that's awesome. Um, I, well, okay, so we, we've been trying to do this interview for a year now, aren't, haven't we? Yeah, since last ju- July, I think it was, when we first made contact. Yeah, and I mean, boy, the way it works is timing is everything, isn't it? I Absolutely. Think maybe a few things needed to percolate for you, and certainly um, back then I wasn't engineering my own show. I don't know if anybody should really let me engineer my own show, but <laughs> hey, I'm in the studio by myself today through the magic of all, all the help I get here at, at You KCI. look pro to me. Oh, well, gee, thank you. Um, okay. So let's let's talk about you. Tell me a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm I grew up in a musical family and um, my sister played uh, piano and played all the classical pieces and the classical approach, by the way. But you took the music away and she couldn't play chopsticks. So um, I I thought I was going to be the next Elvis and certainly I'm not. And um, my brother bought a drum set and he was a guitarist and um, when I switched to drums and he was playing guitar it sounded much better so it just kept on with that so he's nine years older than me and I wound up playing um, in his bands um, in the early days um, with his older friends and I I got a lot of experience and a lot of respect from the older players you know um, as a kid um, as a so, drummer and learning learning by ear actually and um, one story about my sister I, I I used to go up to the piano and just make something up and it used to drive her crazy because um, she couldn't do that and but that's about all I can do you know I I, I have quite um, an extensive um, group of songs that I've written some recorded some not like like most songwriters but um, I'm really just beginning on the songwriting um quest um because i've been making my living as a drummer and um reluctantly went into teaching and fell in love with it absolutely um and i really that's that's really my passion is working with um youth and adults um learning music and i i play piano i play guitar i play bass we have a recording studio at the drum lab so we're recording projects all the time, and um, uh, I would say, you know, my forte is drums, but okay. and, and I and I still play live and things like that. But I'm not going to be a rock star, and I don't want to be. I, and you know that now, right? I, I know that, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those years, you end up pursuing a dream that you know you probably didn't know that maybe you wouldn't have wanted anyway, right? Um possibly true from from the reaction of some of my friends that have been doing it all their life you know some some people that are turning 50 or 55 and they're getting off the road um the first thing they say is i want to teach isn't that nice so and there you have it so i find it interesting you say i did it reluctantly Uh, on some level does it feel like as a musician that that is a place of a failure that you didn't make it in the music industry and that you need you need to have consistent income so you fall back on that 
Well, I, I, I think um, it's a little of that. It's sort of like Mr. Holland's opus, mm-hmm. you know, condition. Um, so maybe one day my opus will be played. Maybe we'll play some of it today. But I <laughs> hope so. But um, I think um, I, I think it was also fear that that I wouldn't be qualified enough, even uh-huh. though I've studied. I, n- I never went to music college, but I studied with some great teachers, um, uh, Joe Picaro, Greg Bissonette. Um, but probably the best teacher was the local drum teacher who spent the most time with me. And um, he gave me what I needed. Um, and that, that today helps me in my teaching as far as drumming goes. Right, right. But something happened along the way that, um, like for instance, um, I went to, uh, I, w- I was teaching and I didn't have a place to teach at, so I went to people's homes and my, my business grew to probably like just 10 students. And then I would lose six and then I had one. And when I had that, that last student, I brought a guitar and an amp and I was teaching too strict. I was like, you must do it this way. Don't even think about playing your drum set. You need to work on your technique, things like that. And I said, you like Nirvana. Um, let's learn a Nirvana song. And there's a lot of flams in it. So we You'll learned. tell me what a flam is, right? <laughs> a flam is two notes really close together that goes bra. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a drum rudiment. It's the scales for drumming. But, um, and then he looked at me and he had the best time and he, and he said, can you bring that guitar back next week? And then I don't know if he told his friends or what, but pretty soon I had too many students to teach every day in a neighborhood because you got to knock it off about eight o'clock. So I opened my own place and it, it grew from there. And, you know, we do recitals. Um, we have master classes. We have um, ensemble classes that we put together um, for, for all kinds of music, jazz, um, classic rock, funk, soul, things like that. So, Well, from what I hear from the people that take music lessons from you, drum lessons, you're a musical genius. And there's just such a, um, a beloved feeling for you. So it, it just, you know, it's so fun how people find themselves their true passion without ever actually really expecting it to be that. Well, I mean, I get excited when I see that spark in someone else. And it doesn't have to be a child or a kid or a teenager. It could be I had someone who was 71 years old that um, always wanted to play drums. And he was he wrote a country song in the 70s and it was a minor hit. But what he did was he started taking lessons. And I, I swear this guy was least likely to succeed. But he kept coming back and he got better. And I'll tell you, he can play. He can play. And, and it's really rewarding to see that. You know, I have a special place in my heart for teachers, especially at this stage of life while we're raising kids. It, a great teacher could make all the difference. And um, so it's such it's such a um, appreciated art form that people devote their lives to this. And um, it, it makes me think how many young kids get to find themselves now because somebody has taken the time to very skillfully pull this out of them, whereas they may not have known this for their whole lives, that they were musically inclined, and now they get to experience some success. You know, you have some unique techniques that you use to do that. Can we talk a little bit about what some of those are? Well, I think, number one, it's that there's a you have to find a way in, and I think everybody's different. 
Um, you want to give them real information, um, like music theory and the, the proper way. But um, I think you have to you have to find a way in so you don't um, destroy their their interest. You know, I think the very first music lesson is really important. And the ones right after that, you can ruin someone uh, that, that very first lesson. Oh, I don't ever want to do that again. You know, they might say if, right. if, it's, if it's the wrong teacher back in the old days, the classical teacher, you know, with the ruler <laughs> when you make right. a mistake, that's definitely the wrong way. Um, so I always look for I'm going to sh- share the same information or somewhat the same information with the student. But I think um, I really think that you have to find the way in. And, and I think that's instinct for me. I, I can't I couldn't write the manual on that. It, you have to just be you, present in that moment and be present in that moment and be exactly. ready to read who they are on a more intuitive level probably yeah I want to share that st- it's not a statistic but um, you coming from a medical family interested me a lot and it prompted me to make a phone call to um, to an old colleague of mine uh, Dick Schweikert over at uh, Schweikert and Company they're a, an insurance um general liability company here in Irvine and I I called him up and I go Dick it's been a long time but I got to ask you this question before I go on the radio um he once shared with me well he underwrites the he 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 underwrites a lot of um theater houses Uh and um South Coast Repertory one of them he's been doing that for I think he said 46 years and all, all the big ones through the Philharmonic and whatnot but I met him in relation to the medical business and I was was in the business of working with um, with hospital doctors they would be those that are anesthesiologists pathologists mm-hmm. and radiologists and he we were standing there and I said how in the heck we were at a medical conference up in Monterey and I said how in the heck did you get in the business of writing insurance for theater houses he had this really uh, diverse background of clients that he had honed in his career and he said well strangely enough this are his uh, maybe his own personal findings I don't know he didn't want to quote any specific statistic today but he said almost all of his physician clients are also musicians I think that's probably true. I think that's true. So we're learning so much about the brain and how people function. What what could that connection be? I found that so fascinating. I'm not sure, um, but I do know that, um, like my my father was a musician, and your father was was medical, right? Yeah, he was an MD okay. um, in the Westwood area, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, family practitioner. Like he took care of the parents the kids everybody and um but he he loved to play the piano and the violin he w- he was a steady classical player he used to make our italian maid uh cry <laughs> with the, the italian songs but um what his real passion was was like blues and boogie woogie piano and ragtime and his father my grandfather uh he was a pharmacist and um he owned a saloon as well in Ohio. <laughs> so my dad got his first violin from one of the musicians in the saloon. And um, his sister took classical piano lessons. So he had to take violin. He always wanted to play the piano. So he would play the piano, but uh, secretly, probably. But when he got to Notre Dame... Um, this is Grandpa, right? No, this is my dad. Oh, this is your dad. Yeah. My, my dad um, 
love to go into uh, clubs uh, where uh, jazz was being played or blues was being played and really got fascinated with the punk rock of its day, which was Boogie Woogie. I'll be darned. And he got kicked out of Notre Dame for two weeks uh, out of the dormitory uh, for playing, quote unquote, the devil's music. And I, I always remember that story. Um, but we love the way he played piano and he stomped his foot when he did it. I'll be darned. Wow. Is, what is, what tell you to how times have changed, you know, they uh, suspended him for playing music that we all know and love today so much. And and so much so because it probably fed a need that wasn't being met at the time, you know, the that need to be free, the need to be authentic in who you are. And um, gosh, you know, how it drew the people in, you know, at the time was probably pretty important. Right, that music was exciting because it was is it was being birthed right at that moment. So that's what the youth all gravitated towards. It wasn't the same that everyone was listening to. It wasn't all toned down. It, it had heart. It had energy. Um, I understand that. Yeah, right? yeah. Give me some examples of you being in that place in your own career, where music was emerging and speaking to people in a way it hadn't spoken before. Well, probably the best band I, w I ever played in was an original band uh, in when I was 18, 19, 20. And I know that's going back. And no, we... Well, we, nobody knows how far back because they don't <laughs> know how old you are. <laughs> I'm 56. My birthday is actually coming up. Wow. Happy birthday. June 8th. Very um, nice. Oh, very, very close. But um, that we played, it was uh, 77, 78, and 79. What was happening in Hollywood where I pretty much was in that area, the West LA, Hollywood area, um, was punk rock was huge. Um, New Wave was huge. Bands like The Knack and stuff like that was happening. Um, we were playing jazz rock fusion and the only people that like sort of like Return to Forever or Weather Report, bands like oh, that, yeah. like real fusion, yeah. Ma Vishnu. And um, we just played what we liked and maybe it was being straight out of high school and stuff but we packed the troubadour um <laughs> every last weekend of the month for a year uh friday and saturday unbelievable sometimes two shows in one night and people from columbia records would come and say oh, i brought my wife i brought my kids um and our manager was trying to get us a deal and they said ah, no one's getting signed unless you played with miles davis or you've you know and then you've you're an offshoot band you know but we were really unheard of but it was that was the most exciting music experience i ever had and and there are tapes are now on cd um not available but, but um we're, we're gonna remix them and nice. they'll be available so maybe sometime i could come back and play that but it, it was pretty intense music we'd love to you know um KUCI, it's kind of funny that I'm here at a music station because I'm a little bit musically challenged only in that I, I don't get, I don't get time to listen to too much of the music that we play here. But um, my father was really into bands like Weather Report when it was coming out and he was, it was very important to him to expose me to a variety of music. Um, I remember him dragging me to jazz concerts when I was young. Um, I got to see, um, Oh, who's Take Five? He just passed away. David Brubeck. Uh, David Brubeck, yeah. I saw him a couple times. I saw Dizzy Gillespie. And there was one other gentleman that played in their concerts frequently, and I can't remember who it was. But um, but 
it was so important to him to share his music with me. And I remember thinking, oh man, do I have to listen to that stuff again? But it's really such a big part of who we are, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, you say Dave Brubeck. Mm -hmm. um, as a child, I was not aware of where music came from. When, Like I'm talking two or three or whatever. I, I didn't really know that people made music. I thought it was just in the air. I was kind of in a fantasy land. And right. I remember my dad um, put together this um, menorah, uh, one speaker, but it had a tweeter woofer and a mid-range thing in it and put on a record. And I was looking at the cover and it was Dave Brubeck. It was the Take 5 album. Mm -hmm. And he had pictures of them too. And he had a magazine, so he must have really liked them. Right, right. And uh, I used that music uh, because everything on that album, uh, it's called Time Out. Yes. It's, it's all in an odd meter. Mm. Nothing's in 4-4. Four, four. Okay. <laughs> and so if I wasn't musically dearth, I'd know a little bit more about what that meant. That's why I have a talk show here at KFCI instead of a music show. <laughs> you can tell if you want. It's, it's cheaper than going to music school. <laughs> ah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, um, so, so, but I was, what I was trying to get at was that I think the need for music in our humanness is universal. Uh, not everybody gravitates towards playing a musical instrument, but it's one of the reasons why it's so important in our schools right now, because schools have, they've had a real challenge in the last few years. They've tried to homogenize our education, but what I loved about what you said early on, early on is you always try to find a way in with, with your with your clients that are coming to you right but schools are challenged by that as well and it scares me so much to think that we would get rid of the arts and the music in our schools because that is a way in for some kids to just enjoy school well that brings up this charity um and it's a little premature in talking about it except we've already done some really great work um let's talk about it well it turns out that um a guy was at this performance with the kids that I work with at Ocean View School um, at Christmas time, where there was a group of kids, except for the drummer, um, that couldn't play an instrument at all and in September. And I started working with them. And by, this by is, Christmas... You said this is Ocean View? Yeah, Ocean View School. It's important to probably mention that they have a special student population, right? Yes, they do. Um, mostly... Um, the kids are autistic, either severely or high functioning. Right. And Asperger's and also uh, um, OCD and, and also just emotional uh, problems. A lot of the kids are having with depression. Okay. And uh, the public school system actually does pay for a lot of these kids to go there when they can't handle the, uh, the kids in a normal school setting. Right. So the, the Ocean View is one of the schools and definitely one of the main schools in that area in Laguna Woods. Nice. Okay, so tell me the story. Well, so these kids, well, I have to, I have to backtrack a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's a boy, we'll just call him Josiah. And okay. he, when, when he came to the school, I asked him what he wanted to do because he was in the guitar class that I was teaching, even though I'm a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said he wanted to be a music therapist when he grows up. He's a big guy, too. Really nice. Um, and he also wanted to learn to sing and play the guitar. So I said, okay, well, here's a guitar, and, and I'm going to show you how to make a few chords. And, and we can actually apply it to many songs, you know. But he, he was real quick to learn 
but he was just beginning and guitar is I think is really difficult but nevertheless the following week he comes back and he could play all those chords and a few more and his strum was natural strum was pretty good and I go you practiced he goes sort of I, I go what do you mean sort of he goes well I don't have a guitar we go how'd you practice he said in the air I took the chords that you gave me and I practiced them and imagine the fretboard and then I started playing uh, changing chords so I could make the transitions quickly and then I practiced my strum so I did that over and over and every week he got better so well within a month he got a guitar <laughs> Wow and so at this performance these kids played um, Everlong by the Foo Fighters and they played Radioactive and Silent, Silent Night because it was Christmas and Josiah sang he was the main singer and played guitar and we had a bassist a percussionist a keyboardist a drummer and I played different instruments to fill it out along the way and this this gentleman was there and um, it turns out that I work with his granddaughter um, privately and he his granddaughter uh, was uh, doing a performance with their little band at the drum lab special for family and friends so he was there the following Monday and for the performance and he gave me a guitar and he said this is going to be better served in your hands and then two weeks later he contacted me and said look I have an idea so this is he wants to be anonymous but his name is Noel and we'll just leave it at that yeah but what's grown out of that is uh, we've collected over 40 guitars about six basses a bunch of amplifiers, chords, picks, straps, tuners, cases, violins, and that's about where we we got as far as we got. And we donated instruments to all the kids that needed instruments at the school. Gave the school instruments so I didn't have to lug it. Mm-hmm. And even uh, people in the community have gotten instruments at no charge, at all. Some have um, borrowed them and returned them, and some. We, we purely just gave it to them. And so out of that, this idea for a charity um, has grown. And, and the name of the charity is um, One for All Music Charity. And it uh, originally wants to be served as a musical instrument library, like you check a book out. Right. Then you bring it back after three months. And you can check a different one out and that type of thing. But I felt that without music lessons accompanying the instrument, it would be... Um, only half the thing you know because like you said in the schools um, music the music programs are pretty pretty dead right now I mean there are teachers that are trying but the funds aren't there and I I really think that that this guy Noel had a great idea and um, so I'm kind of the spokesman and the liaison for that and uh, we've got an attorney that's that's helping us set it up properly as a nonprofit right we're applying for a nonprofit status, and um, but we've already done some really great work um, by handing instruments to people. So eventually, people can donate the guitar that they haven't played in 20 years that's in their closet, you know, uh, to to this charity and get a tax write-off or cash to pay teachers. If if the teacher isn't gonna do it for free, then we can pay them their rate or a reduced rate, and it doesn't have to be at the drum lab. It could be in San Diego. It doesn't matter where it is. Um, we want to get instruments in the hands of people 
um, kids and adults um, that don't have the means to, to begin. That's beautiful. Well, a, a big thanks to, to Noel for uh, spearheading mm-hmm. this with you. And um, just probably, you know, it's, ex- it's a perfect example of why I do this show. You know, I wanted people to know who was really in the trenches doing the tough stuff and really doing the hard work to change people's lives. And, you know, they're the unsung heroes of our lives, really. They're the, they're the people that support us and um, step in the moment they find a need just because they can and because they want to. So it's, it's really beautiful that, uh, that you two have found each other and that, you, that you're making something beautiful happen through that association. Absolutely. So um, if you're just tuning in with us, you are listening to Real People OC on 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's KUCI.org if you want to stream live with us. And um, I'm talking to David Demeter. He is a musical instructor down at the Drum Lab in Laguna Hills. And um, wanted to throw the information out in case you wanted to look into the Drum Lab. Um, That is uh, thedrumlab.com drum lab l-a-b lab.com and then it's um located um on peralta drive in laguna hills Uh um two three three five two peralta drive and you're in unit six correct anybody could call you though they're right absolutely that 949 number the 586-0500 if they wanted to either donate an instrument um to one for all music charity or um or just to come and take a look at all the stuff that's going on down there. Absolutely. Um, at the Drum Lab, there's a recording studio. Um, actually, two rooms are have snakes, so we can plug in microphones, and there's a control room, and you can really record in the whole facility if you want to, kind of like here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking around. I know, yeah, we've got, we got all the bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah. We're actually a good backup for you if you ever need it. <laughs> but uh, what, I, what I like seeing happening there is someone comes to take lessons, and say they're seven or eight, and they take lessons for a little while, and they're, you know, it, they're not going to stay unless they're into it. You know, th- that's pretty much it. Th- you find out pretty quick. It, and and I've had I've had to say goodbye to people that I've met when they were seven, eight, nine, ten to college. Wow. And, and I now I sympathize with teachers and parents that have to do that all the time. You know, like they have the you know teachers here probably saying goodbye is 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 hard, but it's funny when you feel really good when people come back. You know, I have a lot of students that come back and say, hey, can I have a lesson? I actually think they just want to talk sometimes, but, you know. Right. It's a really cool feeling. And um, But what I like seeing happening is that they learn some skills on an instrument, and then with their friends they form some kind of band. And then next thing you know they're playing at the OC Fair or somewhere or at some mall or some, or some restaurant. And then they start writing songs, and then they want to record them. And so it's like the drum lab's can be uh, like a one-stop shop you know it's like okay like a really creative space where you can come in and uh and write and record and absolutely i loved a story you shared on the way over here uh with a family that that we love um that their kids wrote a wrote a song with you for their grandparents well yeah a holiday treat absolutely and uh it it they kept coming back going, no, it's not right. It's not quite there. Like totally pro. So we were having songwriting, songwriter sessions between me and, you know, someone under 10 and someone just over 10, 
you know, and it was really cool. And so the project this summer is to record that uh-huh. uh, for posterity and also to give them experience um, of playing to a click track. And they, these two actually play um, more than one instrument. So the bassist is going to play keyboards and sing, right. and the guitarist is going to play drums and guitar. So at the drum lab, we don't just teach one Everyone seems to want to learn more than one instrument. I think it's great for a drummer to learn a melodic instrument. Well, do you find, though, that that's because they're musically inclined and you're just finding a way to open that up for them? Um, I, I think that, I really, really think that everyone has natural talent. I just think some of us lock it away. So I just try to to surprise the, the student, you know, with what they can do. You know, uh, so I see like, oh, while they're saying I can't do it, I can't do it. They might be saying that or thinking that um, I try to trick them, you know, and then <laughs> they get surprised when something good comes out and they get encouraged and then makes them want to come back. You know, it, it, the old way doesn't work. Right, um, right. I think I must have been under the influence of the old way. I, I took piano and boy, I think I sat there for a very long time thinking I don't got it. <laughs> Right. I don't got it and I don't want to have it. I just want to get up from this chair and leave, you know. Right. I, I understand that. And it, that's that's sad, actually. It's, it's sad, but, you know, it still gave me an understanding of why we as parents need to expose our kids to music. Because even though I didn't end up developing a love of playing, I certainly ended up having a greater understanding of how to enjoy music. Right. And, um, I, I'm sure you got that from your dad, too, it sounds like. Yeah, that, too, probably. Especially. But he, oh, my gosh, he wanted me to play piano in the worst way. He wanted me to be in a rock band and, you know, play the electric keyboard. I mean, he just was so, you know, so interested in that happening. And I just, I couldn't bring it. And it was, you know, it just maybe wasn't me. It may, makes you wonder if there isn't, um, you know, some people have talent, but then there's those, those, others that have a true gift it's almost like maybe we would uh deem it an obsession um to the point where they can take that, that savants yeah where they can take right. that gift even further well, i think um i think that i should stop saying um <laughs> oh i'm not hearing it don't worry about it oh, okay nobody else is either <laughs> yeah you're that's that's there's something about putting that microphone in front of you that makes you start counting them off i was i was on tour in australia and i was playing with this band called chain it was matt taylor's chain and matt taylor was the front person and the songwriter and he would have to warm up his voice and he would have to practice guitar and practice and warm up uh his harmonica playing and he'd curse us saying i have to work harder than all of you all of you talented people i have no talent and i work really hard to to do what i do you guys are talented and you, all you're doing is sleeping in and going to the stage you know uh, and I remember that and and actually he probably didn't have the gift as much as maybe a couple of the other guys in the band I'm not necessarily including myself I'm just saying some people have the gift and it's they're just dripping with it and I had this happen that there was a great drum student phenomenal like a contender he could have been the next studio drummer or on the big stage and one day he just called up and said, you know what, I'm selling my drum set, I'm giving it up. Even though he had that ability, he didn't have to work for it, and he actually didn't have the passion, even though he was a phenomenal drummer. 
God, that's so strange. So did he actually give it up and walk away? He absolutely. He let it go. He absolutely did. But I've had people that have to work twice as hard as someone like that and have great success. Great success. Gone on to uh, Berkeley or uh, MI in Hollywood, Musicians Institute. Um, some really great success stories with, with uh, students. So I, I think hard work is important, but you got to have that passion. Right, right. That drive to, to bring it. So... You talked about Savant earlier, just just a minute ago. You, in your work with um, with the school, um, you, you're working with children with special needs and autism, and you have adapted some pretty special techniques to bring uh, music to their lives. Can we talk about that? Yeah, um, this year uh, I've been working with the more high functioning students, but last year. Um, I held a weekly class over there, and um, we brought hand drums and did drum circle type thing, which is, you know, drumming, like, drumming is actually the second oldest instrument, being the voice would be the first musical instrument, the oldest. Drums would be second before any other instrument. And what you said before about communicating something with music that you can't communicate with words that that does happen in drumming and that's why drum circles are so popular so we did a bit of that and but I'm talking these are very childlike special kids you know no, even if they're 15 they, they might appear to act like they're seven but they're still a person you know and so one thing I did was I took um, a group of guitars I think I had six that day and I tuned them all to an open chord and everyone sat at it on a chair and they put the guitar on their lap flat, not like they you'd play it proper. Almost and, like the, and, um, the sitar. The way or Robbie, like a Robbie slide Shankar guitar or something. Yeah. yeah. And they began strumming and we're all in tune together and they could feel the, the, the body of the guitar, the wood of the guitar vibrating on their leg. And it was making a tone and um, they couldn't play a wrong note because we're all tuned really well, by the way. Oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> um, you're going to have to tell us about that, too. To the open tuning. And I, I kind of got the idea from seeing um, a movie called August Rush, where yes. you saw that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it was kind of unbelievable story, but it was it was very, very cool. The, the heart of that movie, the, the, the meaning behind it was very cool. And um, when that boy um, was in search for his parents, and he thought if he played music, he could find them. I mean, well, um, th- the way he played the guitar in the park in New York City in that movie um, inspired me to play that way with the kids. And uh, it was it was amazing because it was percussion. And I, I could demonstrate that quite I w- easily. I would love it if you would. Kay. Yeah, we've set it up here in the studio so that you can. <laughs> okay. And um, I think I'm in you, tune. And give you a second to... Now, is it a special tuning you referenced earlier? Well, I, I, I think it's tuned to D... Um, there's probably a low and high octave on some strings. I, I really just did it by ear. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll All right. I'll give you a second to uh, set that up and um, and go over really quickly while you're setting that up how you can reach David if you want to. He's at the Drum Lab, and the Drum Lab's down in Laguna Hills um, on Peralta Drive. And you can look up a little bit more about what's going on there by um, going to thedrumlab.com. Go ahead. And um, 
So David's going to give us a demonstration on the technique that we witnessed in um, August Rush, but this is also a technique that inspired you to work with uh, some special needs kids. Say the name of the school again. Ocean View School. Ocean View School. In Laguna Woods, yeah. In Laguna Woods. That's down in Laguna Niguel, or Laguna Hills area, right? Right. Okay. So this technique is kind of a percussive and harmonic technique, but basically the kids just started off something like this. Not with a lot of rhythm or anything like that. actually playing like a drummer on the strings of the guitar. That type of thing. God, that's amazing. So you sat down in a circle with a group of kids. Right. And you gave them the guitar in this manner. And let's talk about the magic that ensued. Well, the smiles on the faces and like they were going like, even if somebody was droning the strings, just like that. And then somebody else was trying to imitate what I was doing, which was just an imitation. Mm -hmm. of, of what they were doing? Yeah. And then we had some, some hand drums going as well. Unfortunately, it wasn't recorded or filmed, but I'm sure I could go back and duplicate that. <laughs> uh, one other thing, then I introduced um, some chord changes where you don't have to make a proper chord. You're literally barring across all the strings or some of them. And there were three students that played along with me exactly this. So we just kept playing that over and over. Oh, so. don't stop. <laughs> I, I don't want to put you, you just to do sleep. That? Could you just do that in the background <laughs> while we talk? I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm so glad you brought that in to share. So you're a drummer, and you found yourself a new instrument there. <laughs> well, I just being a drummer... Um, they say that the quickest way for a drummer to lose his position in a band is to say, I've written a song, you know, <laughs> something like that. I think it's in the 10 You've best crossed the line. drummer jokes. But um, seriously, if you're if you're playing drums um, to to not be able to play a melodic instrument and express yourself that way, um, you're you're just not experiencing the whole whole deal. And it's going to help your drumming. First time I thought I wrote a song and I played with a drummer. And I played the song. I don't know if it was on piano or guitar. Um, first thing I, I told them was, you're playing too many notes. Yeah, you, you got to like cut it in half. You're playing way too many notes, you know, which is, is a common thing with with drummers. You mean um, they add in? They add in where they where they feel yeah. feel they should. As you get older, you realize the space in music is is um, just as important as the notes you play. Mm, I see the pauses. Yes. The silence. <laughs> I'll be darn. Well, so let's talk about some of the results that you've had with some of these kids. 
Well, um, I think just just at the very least, giving them um, a chance to experience music, it, it 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 takes their mind off because kids that have autism, they have a lot of worries. They 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 have a lot of things on their mind, and um, I think that uh, you know it's sort of like I feel like a big brother to them in a way mm-hmm. you know as well and and um, that might be why they attend the class <laughs> right but are you holding it there at their school I, I, I do both they um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays um, uh, two groups come to me and and then kids will say can I have a private session with David and the principal always grants that and so I'm I'm helping um, a young guy write a song um, I'm letting him write it, but I'm kind of guiding him. Right. And um, he's going to perform that at the school graduation. He's not graduating, but he's going to perform it um, with me on the 18th. But it's, it's private, so unfortunately I can't invite the public, but sure, it's going to be special. And um, there's two different bands, so to, so to speak, our groups of kids that are playing together. And um, uh, they've chosen some really interesting songs. So tell me about them. Well, uh, one, this one, this one song, it's called uh, Perfect by Simple Plan. I had never heard it really. And I don't, I don't really know much about the, the band. However, the words, it seems like there's nine million some odd hits for this song Perfect um, on every version there is on YouTube. And it's about um, a relationship with a father and um, a kind of a upset, angry, uh, sad relationship. And a lot of these kids, not all of them, of course, but some kids have stress relations with their parents or, their, or the dad isn't there or the mom, you know. Yeah. But it seems like this uh, song is really, with this particular group, has really um, struck a chord. Interesting choice of words, huh? Um, do you think music helps us sort things out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why and how? Um, I think a lot of it is subliminal and um, playing music with people, if you really let yourself go, is an exchange um, similar to a conversation. Um, I, I think it's it takes you to another place. If uh, It doesn't always. Certainly doesn't always. But when it does... There's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, uh, to get lost in 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 the plane where it just becomes automatic is is what everyone hopes to get to that place. It's sort of like you, you know when you're studying yoga, you're not always in nirvana. You know, you're not always in that place that you're trying to attain to. But, right. But but, but that's what keeps you going. Is hoping to get there. Right. And the the thing about the arts in general, for anyone, is that Every day is a blank canvas. It really is. And if it wasn't, then you'd be like, okay, I'm done. I've got it. <laughs> right. You know, and that's what I love about the arts is that, the, you know, if you're a writer, the, the page is blank. And if there's no rhythm on the drums till you start playing and you don't have to play what you played yesterday, you can play something new. Um, you mentioned that you've been doing this at the school for about five years right? and that you have a lot of different success stories that you can share. Can you share any more of them with us? 
Well, I, the one with uh, Josiah with the with the um, guitar playing in the air kind of mm-hmm. blew me away. Right. Um, uh, I would say, uh, yeah. There's a there's another there's a there's a lot. It's hard to think right on the spot. But um, there's a student, and I actually now uh, just work with her at the drum lab. Um, her her dad brings her every Saturday same time I always I make it my last lesson because she has OCD uh-huh. and um, it takes her quite a while to get started and quite a while to leave because everything has to be in a particular order she'll go up to my mixer like similar to the one you have there right and she'll turn every knob to the left to, so that it's set just right before she leaves mm-hmm. oh. and if the if something's at an angle like a, a, a drum a music stand a piano she'll try and move it so it's straight and perpendicular and yeah mm-hmm. so one good thing she leaves the room very clean but the su- that's not <laughs> the success story are you, sure, are you sure that's not a little subtle form of getting your office clean before <laughs> the end of the day <laughs> no well, i've got I, the perfect but, solution but i, for I this won't rush her i won't rush her because I, I don't want her to feel she actually gets some control that way and she feels like um you know I'm with her dad, you know, he knows what's going on and so do I, but, but one, one thing happened with piano and and this individual is, um, I taught her chord theory, uh, and the three inversions for one hand for major and minor chords. And she, um, was learning let it be by the Beatles. And, um, when it came time to put the verse with the chorus, it might have been the OCD going into effect, but she couldn't leave it in that order. So she wound up writing a completely different song than mm-hmm. with those chords um, than than Let It Be. So that that stuff like that happens, and it, and it's amazing. And it worked, right? Yeah, you and it, it totally worked. She just saw it another way. Right, and she doesn't want to play it for anyone. But um, at that Christmas show that we did at Christmas. Um, I was playing piano uh, while the guests were eating at the luncheon, right? And um, I played that song, and she looked up at me because she was sitting there with her family, and smiled, you know. But no one—I didn't announce it, you know. Just she knew, and you knew in the right. room that it was her special Absolutely. creation. Absolutely. So, so you, when you're a teacher, um, music instructor, sometimes there's a box of Kleenex on the floor, Tom, you know, because someone's upset. Sometimes you're the psychologist you know it's it's not always like that but it, it's um it, it has been you know and um also i want to say all the uh girls and women out there there's a lot of great women drummers uh more and more in fact i don't know the name of it i only saw it on the uh, newsstand once but um there's a magazine for just women drummers really yeah so so if you look on youtube uh-huh. there's some phenomenal drummers um, uh, Hillary Jones is someone who lives in this area and I've seen her play and she's phenomenal. But a lot of our KUCI listeners out there know about her. Yeah, so, uh, she played with Robin Ford. I don't know if you know who Robin Ford is, but Robin Ford played with Joni Mitchell and Miles Davis. So mm. she's, that's uh, someone that she's played with before. So we're drawing down on our time. We have about 10 minutes left. Actually, maybe probably only about eight um, I, I'm curious to know why does music touch us so deeply? Um, I think you ever try to write to someone you love, um, a note and feel like it doesn't say exactly how you feel. 
I do. I'm having to write a very difficult letter right now, and I'm I'm really struggling because the words do uh, pour out in a in a way that they um, they don't convey the 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 depth of emotion really. However, and the importance of 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 the issues. Let's say what you wrote was was a um, um, it was a company with with chord changes and melody around it. Well, well, even if it was spoken word, so it, it could evoke a totally different emotion or the emotion you're trying to, to get by the music. It, it's something, that's what we're all looking for, is, you know, but, but when, when I hear a song, sometimes the same song you've heard a million times, but sung in a different way um, and played in a different way, slightly different, it evokes, it makes the words mean something more a lot of times. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about like, it could be someone on the street playing a guitar with a with a hat out, or it could be um, it could be someone in Carnegie Hall. It doesn't matter. Um, in fact, I don't know the violinist's name, but he was sold out at Carnegie Hall. That just made me think of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. I like random thought. <laughs> and um, we the, applaud that here. <laughs> the day that his concert, the day of the uh, performance, you know, he was performing at night, but in the daytime, he was in the New York subway playing with a hat out violin the same pieces that he was going to play in Carnegie Hall where people paid hundreds of dollars if not thousands right. to see him and people were just walking by oh except for little kids they were they were being pulled by their parents and th there's a video of it actually on YouTube I'm sure probably yeah if you can think of that name you'll have to email me I'll I just can't remember. let our listeners know but but um, you know music music is uh, I don't know. It's just someone like it doesn't have the person doesn't have to have a great voice. It's and nor should should they have to. I mean, I I've I've encouraged my kids throughout their whole upbringing to sing to regardless of what or how I happen to have. My oldest daughter has an exquisitely beautiful voice and she won't let anybody hear it. It's the most fascinating thing to me. She sings like that of an angel and she hides it and in the dark reaches of the house where no one can listen and I sneak by and try to listen in whenever she's doing that and I have two little kids that probably if you were to let them sing in public people would cover their ears but they love it and I told them I said it just doesn't matter you sing as loudly and as purely from your hearts as you can because it's such a healing such a healing that's gift. a great message I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, such a healing gift. And I think it's like you said, you know, you add the melody. It's it's those layers of of mature and adult emotion that get really convoluted and really difficult to even identify. I mean, you could you can feel, you know, excitement and rage all at the same time as an adult because we get in ourselves into these complex situations and there's nothing quite like that um, that music to 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 really make you feel like you've been heard. Right. I, I agree. I, I just think that I think that sometimes things can be said through music that are inexpressible with words. Right. 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 Um, one of the things I noticed in your bio is that you um, host a regular rehearsal every Thursday night. Can you tell me about that? It's it's involves UCI. So we always like to, to bring up anything that involves UCI. Well, actually, and when I say host, it, it's there's a there's rehearsal spaces at the drum lab and there's a really large praise band that's that does uh, their service here at UCI every Sunday. 
I believe at 10 o'clock, and it's City Harvest Church. So they come and rehearse at the drum lab, and they've been doing that since they started holding church. Uh, it's a Christian church um, at um, UCI. They've been rehearsing at the drum lab. Are they over at Bren Center, or where are they? Uh, you know, I'm not actually sure because I I play at different churches, so I've I'm a musician. Right. <laughs> As you know. You're all around. So while they're playing, I'm playing somewhere else, but I get to hear them every week, and they're f- it's a phenomenal band. Uh, uh, Derek Dunn is the uh, pastor, and he's real. He's there every time, real involved in the music. They have excellent musicians. In fact, they brought a couple of people down from Musicians Institute because they needed substitutes. Right. So um, there's some really great guys that um, I think from uh, China that are playing drums and guitar. But it's a large band, a lot of singers, a lot of instruments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we are drawing down on our time. We have about a minute left. Um, I didn't leave too much time for David Demeter of the Drum Lab, drumlab.com, the drumlab.com, to tell us any stories about that he can, I don't know, would you share a story from when you were on the road as a musician? Any any good ones? I mean, it looks like you were with Van Halen and Richard Perry. Well, I wasn't with Van Halen. You, oh, you no, were. That's, uh, that's, industry jobs you've had. Yeah, the Van industry jobs I've had. Um, when When the first child was born, um, I was serious as a musician, but I had to have regular steady income. So I worked the day job, but one of them was working for Van Halen Productions. Ah, gotcha. For three and a half years. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Uh, what, we got a minute. One, any stories? Anything crazy? Uh, um, no, let me see. Um, None that you could remember, right? Not that I can remember <laughs> in an instant. They'd probably be too long. Okay. All <laughs> I, right. Good. Yeah. Well, we want to make sure we follow you and uh, and give any support that we can to um, One for All Music Charity. Big thanks to your anonymous donor, Noel. Uh, sounds like a fabulous guy. And um, yes, and, and when when it's um, we're applying for nonprofit status, and when when and when we get that, we're going to be able to issue um, you know a receipt so you can write it off on your taxes, but. If even if you can't do that, you can donate an instrument and get it. We can get it in someone's hands. Okay, wonderful. Well, listen, David Demeter, I'm really enjoyed the hour talking with you you about music and all the healing qualities that you can bring to students and um, and your special gifts that uh, you share as an instructor. You know, many times life is not the path we ever chose, but but thank God we find our way, right? Right. Thank you for having me. Beautiful interview. Thank you so much. So up next is uh, Matt Kaplan. He's going to bring to us Counterspin Radio. And um, after that, you're going to hear from Matt some more. Um, Oh, gosh, I I always do. I said Counterspin, right? And then Planetary Radio. Uh, Matt works for Bill Nye, the Science Guy, and it is always an interesting hour with him for sure. So um, he's on his way into the studio now, and so we welcome you to listen in and stay stay tuned. Bye for now. <laughs> 